Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. How do you know it's time for a change? How do you know? <laughs> Good question, you know? Randy. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa and I've had this, we have this conversation with, uh, with a lot of people pretty regularly. That's right. And it's something that she and I kind of bat around a little bit. So today we thought we'd kind of dive into this and spitball a few ideas and throw them your way to see if we might could help you, I don't know, figure out the questions to ask and the answers to pursue. So how, how do you, I mean, I don't know, just describe one of these conversations and how it might go. Well, there's two perspectives first. I think it's important to understand and it depends on where you are at in that particular perspective. One in HR, as we talk, talk to people, right? Employee relations issues, uh, working with managers on challenges. This can come up a lot on individuals that that come to us. So one is what we are telling people that are going through it. The other is if you personally are going through it, like you're personally at a point of change and and what do you, what does that look like? Um, I would address it first from as people come to us. You know, the the guidance as I listen to employees um, that come in, whether they're leadership or whether they're an employee level, and they're they're typically there's an issue that has happened at the workplace or it's an environment. So it's kind of a moment versus a work environment cultural shift. Those are kind of the two that I typically see in my line of business over these. 26 years. And as I, you know, the first thing that I do is just listen, listen to it. Uh, We've talked about our leadership recipe, having humility, being curious, asking a lot of questions and not trying to form a solution that I'm going to tell them. Just really seek, ask questions, get knowledge, and then seek understanding. Those are the, the, the three key things that I can tell you to do first. Because if we're if we're just listening to give an answer, you're not fully listening. So that's the first thing I would explore is what what is going on in their life that has gotten them to this point. Then I call it deciphering whether it's H and E. You know what H and E is? Huge and emotional. <laughs> is it huge and emotional in the moment, or is this a long lasting uh, circumstance that has gotten them to this point? Right. Um, those are critical because as they vet it, that can help which direction you lead them through to make the next decision. And often as, as I'm talking through that, it's whether they want to withstand it to see if it comes out better at the end. In other words, what is the value added? I kind of have them weigh in my in my perspective, I always have them weigh what are the pros of of staying what are the pros of going? And then obviously the negatives of going, the negatives of staying, because they are there are both spectrums in whatever the decision is. There are good reasons to stay and good reasons to go. There are good reason, uh, bad reasons to stay and bad reasons to go. Um, and I first try to get them off of the emotional aspect. Don't make a decision because you're emotional today. 
this, you need to think through and weigh it. And I usually tell people, write it down, write, write down what is good and what is bad. So you can see it a little bit more clearly and you're not trying to focus on a reason to stay or a reason to go. You're laying it out fully. That's the first thing I would walk through. There's been a lot of circumstances that I've had that, um, I've told people after listening to them, if they're truly miserable, and I think we've said this and Randy and approached this in other topics in our podcast over the last year, but if they're truly, they just truly hate being in that place. Then I tell them, why are you staying in the, the, it is your, in your control. Now they have to wait to get an offer. They have to wait to get another job. They have to make sure they find one, but why are you staying if you're that miserable? Because it, this life is too short. We've talked about that before to be miserable, right? Um, you are in control of you and you have the opportunity to change if you wish to, but don't forget to evaluate what you're losing. Uh, and what, and what is it that you hate? That's right. Like, is it, is it the boss? To, yeah, sometimes people struggle to identify what, what it is they hate. That's right. Is that it the boss? Is it the, is it the environment? Is it the hours? Yeah. Could you is stay it the in? actual work? Do That's right. Yeah. Are you in the wrong tab? job? Yeah. <laughs> right? right. So those things are all important. Um, that's kind of when, that when I talk them through that, that's the most common thing. And, and I would tell you it's probably 50, 50, 50, 50 is they just, they don't like the work environment. They don't like the boss. They don't like the hours. It's just a circumstance that they don't care for. The other 50%, it's emotional. Something, one thing happened that irritated them and they're just, they went to the complete other end of the spectrum and off the charts of, I got to get out. And I'm like, okay, what, how long has it been bad? Oh, just since yesterday, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, well, is there, tell me why you wouldn't want to try to work this out. Why, tell me why you wouldn't want to go back and try to, if it's a person, you know, work it out with that individual. So it's better for you and better for them. Uh, and there's varying circumstances sure. to that, but that's on the employee side. How about you? I mean, you, you've seen it at, a, well, I'm in your, HR helping people. You've been CEO. You're in a different role well, and you're and executive the, coach. But before we dive into that on your last point, that's, that's where I insert that, that Buffalo versus cattle conversation. Right. Yeah. Because it's really a Buffalo. Well, yeah. You know, prior episode. <laughs> I, yeah. Just lean into it. Right. But hiding is so easy. Or running away from it is so easy. Right. You know, so for me, a big part of it is what are you running from and what are you running toward? That's right. Can we get some clarity about that? I get, I've been working for this tyrant for a year, year and a half. I'm absolutely running away from him or her. Okay, I get it. But now what are you running to? There's a reason that we use that. We use that cliche, you know, hopping out of the frying pan into the fire because we can often be guilty of doing that. We can go well, from and you a situation don't know. that's bad to a situation that's way worse. Yeah. We just don't know it till we get over there. That's of. exactly right. You, you, the whole grass is greener. You think yeah. the grass is greener, right. you get there, and it's just a different set of circumstances that can make you miserable. Yeah. Right? You yeah. just, none of us know. Um, and I, when, as you look at that, you have to look, Hopefully each of you in the audience has goals. You, you, is it a step towards your goal? 
does it have value towards whatever you're working towards? In other words, it could be a step back, but have more opportunities in doing so. And I did that when I went from EDS to the city of Carrollton. It was more pay, EDS, EDS, when I worked there, which is now, I think, Hewlett Packard. But EDS, you know, I had to stay 18 months in life insurance, 18 months in long-term disability, 18 months in medical only. And it was going to be a seven and a half year just to get through all of that, right? Um, just to learn enough. And when I found City at Carrollton, you're doing it all in one job, mm-hmm. plus more. So the role, I was a supervisor that left being a supervisor to go to an analyst role. But the analyst role would prep me to become a leader because I could get more information faster. So it was, I had to line it up even young, you know, I was 22 or something at the time. I still had to line it up and go, but that's in line with me wanting to be a leader in the future. It gives me more knowledge quicker, which will set me up for my future goal faster and I can learn more in the process. And I knew nothing about city government at that point. But you have to weigh those things because you don't want to take two steps back just because. It needs to have a purpose and a value add. Was that approach that you took, was that driven? Was that driven? This is a leading question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Was, was that approach driven more by ambition or discontentment? That was more by ambition. Yeah. It was more by ambition. I knew what I wanted. And my current job at EDS was good. It just didn't fulfill me as much as I believed something else could. In yeah, other you words, compress the, you compress the seven years into what? Well, in two, in two, yeah. I was moved into HR manager at Grand Prairie after two years at, at yes. City of Carrollton. Yeah. So you say you should. That's a risk because yeah, I didn't know what I was getting. 70, 75% off yeah. of time investment. And, and that the the good thing is, uh, you know, it was with thought. Even young, I weighed, you know, I talked to Dawn. I talked to my family saying, okay, this is what I think this is going to add value. Pay is not much different. In fact, I, it might have been even less. I don't even remember. It could have been less um, from a private sector supervisor to a non-supervisor in city government. Probably was. Yeah, I bet but it was. A, I bet it was it, a cut. You made up for it on the back end. Yeah, and I found out they had retirement benefits, and so even young, I was looking at man. Then I don't have to work. My dad had worked for twenty-eight years mm-hmm. and lost. We were in that period when he lost in the original recession. Yeah. 75% of what he'd saved over 30 years. Yep. You know, so I, I knew the value and in no that at a very young age. No, it never recovered Yeah. Uh, from that one. But anyway, you know, it was not an emotional decision. It was a thoughtful decision of, will this get me where I want, where I'm eventually wanting to go, or at least a step in that direction? And the answer was yes, in all cases. Good for my family, close by, gas. I mean, it was two miles from our house. Um, I was only driving 13 to EDS, but when you're 22, every dollar counts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Dom was making like 800 bucks a month in the military. Yeah. You know, then he yeah, had just big, gotten you're out. You're digging in the seat cushions for coins. To <laughs> you are. Yeah, ramen was a common oh. meal. <laughs> right. And if we All had right. milk to go with it, that was like bonus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember. I remember those days. You remember those days? Mm-hmm. So uh, that, you know, all of those decisions, I think you have to look at and not make an emotional decision, but make a logical where you can. Now, I know everybody's situation can be different, um, but it is very easy for us to focus 
on that moment and the negativity in that moment. And we, you will do it. Uh, if, if audience listeners think you won't ever do that because you're a logical, you're lying to yourself. <laughs> exactly. You will do it. I've done it. You know, in moments of frustration that last any duration of time more than a day can start going, why are we, why am I doing this? Why am I, but you've got to think longer term and what can happen, what could happen. Um, and it is hard. It is hard. We've all been in those places, you know, especially when there's change. And you and I have talked about, a lot about a change in just our personal lives, everything that's going on, health of family members, you know, me building and buying land in Oklahoma for our forever home, turnover on staff at the workplace, um, new leadership. We've got all these things in life that drive us, right? That drive decisions that we make every single day and every moment. And fear is very real. It's very real for all of us. And that's right. You know, there was that brand that was really popular back when I was coaching little kids in hockey, no fear. That's right. There's right. no, there's no such thing as no fear. No, there's fear in every all, decision you yeah, make. We, Am we I doing it? Manage it? Am I making the right decision? That's how many times have we all questioned? Am I making the right decision? If you you're know, not for, asking it, you need to be asking it. Yeah. For me, it, it's summed up in the phrase self-awareness. I mean, I think the, the whole conversation of how do you know it's time for a change? First and foremost, why are we making the change? Are we just wanting to get, are we trying to escape a situation completely plausible? Right. Uh, the easy example is, you know, is the abused wife, the abused mm -hmm. woman who's in a horribly unsafe environment because some maniac of it that is attached to her. She's attached to him. And I do understand that there are circumstances in life where anything is better than this. That's right. Um, you know, hopefully we're not talking about those kinds of things We're, we're we are talking about professionally. How do you know it's time for a change? My conversations, my conversation. You work with a lot of different clients. Yeah, uh, we have new listeners. You work with right. everything from city managers, you know, to, to my level. I'm typically dealing with, I'm typically dealing with what I call a number one and the number one and or the number one's leadership team. Mm -hmm. Occasionally it trickles down a little bit from there, but not, not very often to be honest. And for, and it's, it's a purely economic thing. It's a purely where, where the dollars can bring the most return. So if I'm able to coach Lisa and Lisa's got a team of 15 people, if I can help Lisa, then Lisa in turn can help those 15. And those 15 hopefully can then in turn help yeah, others. And, and, and their so journey. there's a, there's, there's hopefully this huge trickle down effect, right? To the work that I'm able to accomplish. So it's not a matter of, well, you're not worth it. It's, it's got nothing to do with that. It's just got to do, there is an economic it's impact and influence. Yeah, there is an economic ROI to the impact. And that's just how organizations, including cities, especially cities, handle their budget. And rightfully so. I, you know, I salute it and respect it. You know, so those conversations at that level for me might be a bit different. I tell you, the elephant in the room is, is for me, is twofold. One, it's, it's compensation and all that that involves mm -hmm. perks, benefits, the whole, the whole bit. And number two, it's 
its title, its position. So let's take somebody that may be in the CMO, but they're not the number one. Maybe they're the number two, number three. Maybe they're, you know, they're a deputy, they're an assistant. Um, maybe they're the only one. Maybe they're part of a team of others just like them. Um, how do you know it's time to leave? How do you know it's time to go and pursue a number one? That's a fairly typical conversation with deputy and assistant city managers because not all deputy and assistant city managers want to be a city manager. Big shock, but they just don't. Uh, many of them are quite content with a number two, but they may for some reason not be content with the number two position where they are now. Maybe they're not, they don't feel as fulfilled. They don't, but the problem at that level is your money whipped. So while you could go and do some other things, to your point, you go from EDS and you go to Carrollton and you can get your hands in a lot of different things. So it's conceivable that somebody could leave some city where they're very specialized just because of the size of staff. They could go to someplace smaller, man, that you roll your sleeves up and get your hands on everything. Yeah. Okay. But now, now you're talking about taking, taking a hit financially. So there's a, there's a whole lot, there's a whole lot of stuff to it. So my conversations tend to just try to help be a sounding board and, and ask questions and help people work through that. It's up to them to decide, you know what, it'd be worth to your, to your example of your own career. It was worth it. It was worth it to take a financial step back because you could accelerate on the front end. So I could paint a hypothetical. If I'm, if I'm a number two in a city that maybe is a larger city and I'm pretty specialized and I've kind of got my lane of expertise, but I do want to be a number one someday, it could absolutely be the right thing to do to take a step back financially, go to someplace smaller where you can get your hands dirty and stuff that you otherwise would never touch. Right. Or and be exposed you, to you, potentially. Yeah, and you do that for a period of time because you've got this goal in mind. Um, and don't you find, Randy, also that it's in those conversations, it almost always you have to ask him about where is it you want to be? Like where does this impact where you want to be? Well, you know me. My, my big question is what's your ideal outcome? That's right. And your ideal outcome, it could be something that you want tomorrow something you want 30 days from tomorrow, something you want the five years from rage. tomorrow. Yeah. Something you want 10, 15, 20 years from tomorrow. You know, I don't know. And that's not for me to decide. Uh, it's an ideal outcomes change. Oh, well, they shift. Yours has changed mm -hmm. personally in the last right. year. So has mine. That's right. Right. Uh, um, yeah. That's the thing. It's give yourself permission to change your mind. Yeah. I mean, that's called growth. Like my children in college in their well, major. Yeah. Well, you know, we get, new, we get new information. And partly for me, the self-awareness is such a huge thing because the longer that you can live with it, which is to your point, the whole H&E conversation, there is something to living with something a bit so that you can get some clarity around it. And sometimes patience is really hard. Because, again, it's that buffalo cattle thing. I'll put a link in the show notes to that episode. I won't bore you. But <laughs> in a thunderstorm, cattle run away from the storm. Buffalo run through the storm. Question, 
who's in the storm the longest? Well, the, the cattle are because they're running with the storm. The buffalo get through it much quicker, but they're not running and hiding. So don't run and hide. Running and hiding is a bad, bad tactical practice right. when you are trying to come to a, conclu- a, a decision about whether or not you know it's time uh, for change. Mm-hmm. So I get fixated on the ideal outcome. What is it that you want to achieve? It's interesting to me. I ask individual on one-on-ones, and anytime I'm in front of any kind of a group of, of people, large mm-hmm. or small, I will ask, raise your hand if you have mostly achieved everything that you set out to. Mm-hmm. And 100% of people acknowledge yes. Yeah, I have mostly achieved everything I set out to achieve. doesn't mean, you know, you won the Powerball lottery. But the things that you set out to achieve, it's interesting to me that there's no statistical proof of any of this. This is just purely anecdotal. But it is, it, it, it's interesting that when asked to judge themselves on their own accomplishments, 100% of the people that I ask raise their hand. I have achieved most every, then my next statement almost invariably is going to be kind of a question then, I mean, does it make you wonder if we're setting our sights high enough? I mean, does it make you wonder what might we be capable of if we just aimed a little bit higher, if we just expected a little bit more, not for the universe to give it to us, but of ourselves. So I will focus on the ideal outcome and that's difficult. And usually that begins with, okay, let's talk about what you don't want. Can you identify what you absolutely positively don't want? We can all do that much quicker than we can figure out what we want, but that can help us get there. So if you're trying to figure out if it's time for a change, ask yourself those questions, you know, and just just deal with it. And self-awareness is so hard because, you know, our moms either, I have found, you know, moms usually are, you know, they just think that you can, you can do everything. I'm encountering a number of parents who are just go the opposite. Had a conversation just this morning with somebody that was lamenting their son's little league coach. Just upbraiding these kids. Just, you know, tearing into these kids. Uh, so, okay, I'm, I'm like... How's that, how's that helpful? You know, so I realize your mom probably told you you could sing good, but when the rest of us hear you sing, you can't. It's not good. It's no, not you, good. You, you can't. I'm not talking American about Idol at its finest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so self-awareness can be really difficult, which is, I think, the power of other people in our life. Right. You need a board of directors, if you please. You need a personal board of directors. It could be a board of one. It could be a board of several up to you an honest board of directors well this More board of directors it's going to share for yeah. your good this needs to be a board of directors who you know they've got your best interest at heart and That's they're right. honest enough to tell you not what you want to hear but what is what most you helpful to for hear. you to hear yeah. mm-hmm. um, how do you know you're approaching the end of something so that you can grab on to something new there are people and there are situations i've been in them you've been in them where, okay, it's, it's kind of run its course. Um, yeah, you um, have to, you definitely have to look at that because 
it is always, there's two things. It's the value versus the risk. And it's also where, to me, it's a huge matter of fulfillment. What, what fulfills you? Are you still getting fulfilled? Are you still, is there more you can do? Um, the answer to those, it, it varies with each person and with each situation and, and over the course of time. You have to see, you know, as I've been an HR director because people nowadays don't stay. I've been here 26 years at Grand Prairie. I'm working on my 27th year. And when you look at all those things, you, you know, there has to have been something that caused me to stay. Well, you haven't done 27 years. And not just because I feel like I need to. You haven't done 27 years one year at a time. No. This has been a progression of learning, growing, and being challenged which I happen to know, which is why you've stayed. That's not yeah. the case for everybody. And I get it. And, and it has to be, when I say what fulfills you, you talked about self-awareness, man, that is key because I know for me, for me personally, it is not about money. Money helps us all to live, mm -hmm. right? I could get a lot more money in private sector, but what do you lose? You lose security, you lose retirement, you lose so many things that you have to weigh in the whole picture. And for me, fulfillment is having my voice heard. That doesn't mean you have to agree with it. It's just you're willing to listen and it counts, right? When you ask me a question, you're asking me out of respect for my knowledge. And then you can make a decision ha having a seat at the table, as they say. That, that's what I value, where my opinion counts, but you don't have to follow it. You just listened and you were willing to listen. That's number one for me, having respect. Respect for what I do, respect for my knowledge. And then lastly, for me, it's growth. I, I want to be challenged. I do not like to sit idle. I want new things, new ideas, and, and be empowered to make those changes like when we did Grow Me Grand. Just tell me what you need. Let me develop that and see if it meets your needs. Um, and then certainly we can tweak it. That creativity, peace, that respect, peace. Um, for me, I know self-awareness on those is what drives me. That's what motivates me to do my very best. That's what makes me feel I'm valued at an organization. It is not money. Money is helpful. Um, but I've found more negative when people are focused on money, they are discontent much more frequently. And I've seen that in my career when they all, it's all about the money that they are making. They are discontent in life and value. And, you know, not always, but it's just a driver because there's always somebody more. It's like the Joneses. There's always somebody making more and always somebody making less. And if that's a comparator for you, that can create itself discontent. Right. So yeah, you have you to know, know what I, drives you and what motivates right. you. You know, and I'll ask people, okay, so so-and-so so is making $20,000 a year more than you, and that affects you how? I mean, it only affects you because you're letting it affect you. Here's where it comes in for high performers, I have found, in my experience, is it's not for them about chasing money, but it's about, it's, it's about being valued. It's about, right. it's about where am I at in the value chain? So, and of course, in your space... Um, compensation is pretty, it's pretty open. Uh, right. I mean, everybody knows about it. Yeah. So, and you know, and so it's real easy to see where you're at in the pecking order. And sometimes it's got nothing to do with it. Right. 
performance wise. Uh, and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it does. So yeah, there's, but there's all different kinds of drivers and I'm certainly not in a role where I'm going to judge what, what drives somebody. Yeah. I mean, I've encountered people that, you know, there, there's some high end exotic fancy car, man. They just want it. They want it so bad they can taste it. Good for them. I don't have to do that because I wouldn't do that. You know, I'm driving a Honda, driving a Honda and a Mazda. You know, that's as fancy as I get. Yeah. Uh, That's just not my thing, but bully for them. Yeah. And, you know, as we talk about it, it's it's interesting because we we focused first on the other, you know, the employees you're trying to help and counsel and coach that Mm -hmm. many of our audience may be in that just in that position their authority, their influence, they are the listeners and trying to provide guidance and advice, like you mentioned, in the best interest of that person, trying to help them get where that person wants to go um, long-term and helping them make wise decisions that will positively impact them. I mean, that's, as any leader, we're doing a good job if we focus on those things. Well, think But of then the when it's questions. us. Yeah, think of the best questions that you can ask if it's you, think of the best questions that you can ask yourself to move yourself forward. And if you're trying to help a team member or an employee, think of the best questions that you can ask to help them sort through this. I think the difficult thing is because most people who are the boss, you know, we're largely alpha kinds of personalities driven to give an answer, solve the problem, tell people, here's what you ought to do. And this is one of many, many times where that's colossally the wrong thing to do. It's right. their life. They need to make the call. We're not talking about a person in trouble. We're not talking about a person on a pip. You know, we're, we're just talking about just normal, ordinary, if not high-performing people that they're questioning whether or not it's time for a change. Whether or not- I call it a moment. You know, it's a, it's a moment that hits you. It's it's. For, I think for everybody, I know as I've progressed in my career and, and I'm fortunate, I've only had a few changes in my life, um, you know, going from EDS to Carrollton for two years, then Grand Prairie. And I stayed in a position for 10 years and then became director and have been here since 2006 as a director. So uh-huh. I've been fortunate to have very little change as far as titles, but been also very fortunate to have a lot of challenges put before me to grow me in different areas Uh here at the city uh, through a variety of reasons. But when we're talking about ourselves, you know, to me, there's an important fundamental difference that you have to not just focus on your ideal outcome, but your readiness. I think there's a readiness component, uh, a willingness. You know, I'm, we've talked about it before. My husband would tell you, if you asked him, am I low risk or high risk? You probably know him by now, Randy, what's he going to say? Low risk. Low risk. And you've only known me a couple of years. <laughs> but I am low risk. I do, I want stability. I want security. I don't want to put anything at risk. But there is a readiness component for all of us. You have to figure out is what you're trying to do when we talked about those things that are value added, that mm-hmm. self-awareness, knowing what you need, what you're trying to do next, is it going to get you there? And And be careful in your decisions. You know, we've talked about, um, I've been in HR a long time, would love long-term to be in, the, in an assistant city manager role, but I'm not really, am I ready? Am I able and capable? Yes, right? 
but I'm not just going to jump because there's an opening. If you want in, in those things, and as the audience looks at what's in front of you, if this is you personally, you have to weigh all of the factors that would make it a good fit for you. And I would encourage people to do that. You and I have talked that about that before. Well, you've got um, a whole lot more to risk than, you know, than a 24 year old. That's right. Of yeah, course. That's just where you're at in life. Just at my season in life. Yeah, you know, right. you've got long-term retirement to plan for. You've got long-term financing that we have to fund once we retire long-term. Mm -hmm. I'm in young, I mean, I'm 55. I've got a lot of working years available yeah. ahead of me. You're just a um, <laughs> the What? You're just Which a pup. I'm just a pup. That's right. Just a pup. But, you know, at each person's season in life, it can change. That's the mm -hmm. difference. Where you're at now might be different than where I'm at. I think we're very similar, even 10 years apart of this point in our lives, as far as personally and land and moving. And we've got a lot of similarities. But for each person, when you're looking at it professionally, it's a lot of it is just timing and readiness and mm -hmm. fit. Is it where do you want to go? Is it what will satisfy you long term? For me, I know I want to be able to help people and I can do that perfectly well here. And I am, I can do it here and I can do it well and be completely fine if I retire here long-term and not get that. Right. But it's an opportunity that my eyes and ears are open for should it present itself here. I mean, you know, Steve has talked about long-term wanting to do ACM. So the opportunity could present itself. It could not. We've got very young people at the top with recent movement. So those are all things each person, you need to look at that of, of the benefits, of the risk, of the timing and the readiness. Those are all just key factors in any decision and not make it an emotional decision. The other thing I'd point out and that we talked about is, is, is this, is your reason for change a moment or something of long duration? Because then you have to figure out what are you gaining from your current situation? situation or what are you losing? And those are the moments I think that are the hardest for any of us when you're in it, right? Yeah. When you're you in that moment, it. no, it is, it is very easy. I can say it myself to have that tunnel vision of good gosh, is this going to end when you came on and helped me? Is this situation going to, am I going to make it through this in my head and verbally? I told you I will make it through. But I can't say there weren't moments I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make it through. You know, you just, you just, they're just human nature. To. That's right. Of can I last the duration of this? Um, and I think well, those are real I? emotions. Yeah. Oh, they are real. I mean, they, anybody that says they don't have those, they lying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the self-awareness you know? is really low, maybe. <laughs> Listen, one of my favorite Jack Wells quotes still is control your own destiny or someone else will. Now, to give context, that was aimed at CEOs. Jack Welsh, running GE, was fanatical that every company under the GE umbrella was either going to have a number one or number two position in market share. And if you did not have a one and two position or two position in market share, you were in trouble. So if you were a president or a CEO of a subsidiary of GE and you were number three or number four, that was his statement to you. Control your own destiny. Or somebody else will meaning you got to grab more market share you've That's got right. to figure this out and i think it applies to all of us though and it's one reason that i do a considerable amount of work battling victim mindset victim mentality of feeling like you know i would be a higher performer 
my, my growth would be perfectly okay right where I'm at except for. And I would just challenge anybody in the audience, accept responsibility for it all. Right. Just go ahead and accept response for everything in your life, accept responsibility for it because ultimately you are in charge. If you're miserable, do something about it. Yeah. Don't wait yeah. for the organization to do something about it. You know, and I'm looking for, if you see me looking off screen for those that are watching this, I remember, um, because how often, and Randy, I'd be curious if you found this, how often are these moments in your life that you feel like you can't get through have in part to do with you being exhausted. When you are tired, you do not think clearly. I, I know I don't. I just get tired and, and you're just less tolerant and less able to properly and logically process things. And and so I know in my in my points where I'm like, oh my gosh, can I can I get through this? It is more when I get sleep, when I get rest, when it could be one thing that comes off the plate and I've got 90 on the plate. Uh -huh. That one thing all of a sudden I'm like, oh, there's a lot. Okay. I got rest and I, oh, that, okay. One thing. I've only got 89 left. Right. You also <laughs> you know, know there's 90 more. They're fixing to hit your plate. Yeah. It's just right. perspective, but man, being tired does not help. So having well, looking rest back in, in your hindsight, mind clear. Even looking mm -hmm. back in hindsight on all those, on all those challenges. Mm -hmm. And once you get through the other side, how seemingly small they seem then. That's right. It it's just it, these just moments now. That doesn't mean the the issues, the challenges in front of us, um, whether it's today, whether you're looking back, whether you know it's coming. It is it is moments you, you know, you have to keep you just have to keep moving through them. And then you alone can decide, like you said, Randy, you're in charge of your own destiny, essentially. You alone have to decide is this something I need to, you know, get out of or move through or past, right? Uh, yeah, do something standing, different. standing at the foot of the mountain, it looks huge. But just go it's ahead. One step at a time. Just go ahead and start climbing. Yeah. Because pretty quickly, you're going to look down and think, mm, I'm up pretty I remember high. in my darkest moments. And, and these guys, when I say my, you know, my darkest moments, my biggest challenges in my career, it wasn't a couple of days. It wasn't a couple of months. These lasted 18 months at a time on challenges because when you talk about over a 26 year career and we had to change culture, we had to change. That is nothing that happens with a couple of changes you make. That is a long lasting, diligent, thoughtful effort where everything has a reason and a purpose that you, it's very methodical of how to make that change. So these are long lasting times. And I remember sharing because uh, we've all hit these moments and I call them the wall, you hit the wall, you know, you're just like, oh my, I, I just don't think I can do it. But then the next day there's something that lifts and you're like, okay, okay, I, it's better now, you know? So you have to persevere. And, and one of the things I found this quote that I had, in fact, just recently sent this um, as, as we were discussing challenges and it says, whatever you do, don't, don't get stuck on the one thing that ruins your day. Life is too short to waste on negativity. Smile and be grateful. Right? So it, how often do we go, good God, this one thing, and then you have 90 other things going great in your life. But you're like, that one thing drags us down. Remember, And I don't remember the quote. Remember we talked about this, the straw and why are you letting yeah, people keep right. sucking the life out of you? Uh -huh. 
Why do you keep handing them the straw? Yeah. Well, remove the straw. Just, just kind of, that, that doesn't mean the problem's going to go away. The piece, it's a piece of your entire puzzle. And you used to say it's a chapter in your book. It's not the whole book. Well, sometimes it's not even a chapter. I mean, sometimes it's paragraph. You know, we just feel like it's our whole life. My whole life is defined by this one, this one idiotic moment. Well, it's, I mean. And you can't see that till you're out of it is the problem. Well, you can't see it unless there's somebody like me sitting in front of you nagging you with these idiotic questions and (laughs) trying to make you ponder it. I saw uh, an interview, this John, I had to look it up while you were, uh, Krasinski, right? He played. uh, In the office. He played Jim on the office. Yeah. So yeah. he's 18 years old and he tells his mom in a moment of bravery that he wanted to, he wanted to move to, I don't remember if it was New York or LA. I think it was LA and tries hand at acting. And he said, it took her half a second to say, great. Uh, you just need to, you know, I'm just going to ask you, give it three years. Don't, don't give it your whole life. Give it three years. And if nothing's positive has happened and come on back home. And so he was just stunned. So he's in the third year and it's September and he's called his mom to tell her he's coming home. You know, I mean, nothing's working. And she says, give it through the rest of the year. This is his story. He was telling this to Conan O'Brien or something. I don't know why it came up in my feed the other day. And uh, just stay the rest of the year. And then that'll be three. In October, so that was September that he called home. In October, he got the office. So, point of the story. And that's all she wrote. <laughs> yeah, point of the story is don't quit too soon. Seth Godin okay. wrote a book, and if you don't know Seth Godin, he was a big shot, smarty pants. I think he, he made money with Yahoo or something. He was some, he's a marketing kind of a guru. And he wrote a book a long, long time ago called the dip. And basically the dip is that distance between where you're at and where you want to be, what I call the ideal outcome. So pretend that it's a body of water and you're swimming through this body of water and, and you've got to, you know, you've just got to keep swimming to get to the other shore, to get to the ideal outcome. The problem is, it's hard to judge that distance because mostly we don't know. We, I mean, we don't know how long it's going to take. We can and sometimes feel, you're swimming against that current. Yeah. And <laughs> so, know? you know, his, his point is just don't quit too soon. Mm-hmm. He argues and probably accurately. A lot of us just quit too soon. We, we, we might've been, we this give close, up too quick. We might've been this close to the ideal outcome. That's how right. do you, how do you know? Okay, well, you don't. So I'm rather fond of, of a line that I read many, many years ago. I may quit, but not today. I love it. Can you keep doing that? If you can't keep doing that, you can't keep doing that. That's fine. But I have found for most people, if you will, I may quit, but I'm not going to quit today. And if we can just keep making these micro decisions, along the way, you know, we all think that it's some big pivotal monumental thing. It usually isn't. It's usually in all the little micro decisions that we make every day that either keep us going or we've just hit our breaking point and we just can't do it anymore. Or it could be, and I'll I'll use myself as an illustration. I loved 
stereo. I loved records, and I loved the stereo systems that would play records. Okay, but I started, I was 15 years old, working in a hi-fi shop. You can't find hi-fi shops anymore. Fast forward, I'm 10 years in. That's why I got into consumer electronics, because I loved stereo. I loved music. And guess what? I was in a space that was dying because video came in. Cable TV came in and big screen TVs and all that. Video took over and pretty much displayed. It, it didn't displace music altogether, but it consumed way more. The public wanted video. And then the public wanted good sound to their video. I didn't care about video. I cared about records and two-channel two channel stereo audio. You can still get it, but it's really kind of this eclectic subgroup of all consumer electronics. So I made a conscious decision because it was just good for my career. Video is the future. It just is. And I thought, you know, privately, I can own as good a stereo system as I want to own. I can collect as many records as I want until they stop making them. Well, they still make them now. Um, yeah, they're coming back. Well, true story. In the last year, more vinyl was sold than CDs. Well, now CDs are obsolete. Well, the but, whole it's the whole Blockbuster story. Blockbuster didn't want yeah. to change, and yeah. they died. Yeah. Netflix was the new streaming, and they're like, that's never going to work. Well, and in this stage of everything is streaming. Yeah. I mean, just look how much it's changed from what you were just talking about to today. And if we didn't move and adapt with it, if we didn't move through it, if you don't move through it as a company, as a person, your ideal outcome, you got to be working towards it every time and have self-awareness and perspective, just like you're talking about. Well, a major, a major tech CEO, I would say the company, but I'm not sure I'd get it right. So I'll won't name it, but he predicted that chat GPT, whatever it is, you know, that the AI in he, in his estimation, in his company is going to displace 30% of HR activities. So he has already ramping down HR hires and he is ramping down that department in anticipation of that. Is he right? I don't know. You know, was I right? I made my decision based on pretty empirical evidence. I could see it. I could see sales dwindling. I could see sales shifting to video. So I made a conscious decision in my career to embrace video. It could be that, that there's that. I've also been firsthand knowledge of people who were in some department that was kind of, pardon the cliche, but the redheaded stepchild mm -hmm. of the organization. And they, they wanted to not be in that. They wanted to be in a department that had greater value to the top and whatnot. So some of some of those kinds of decisions to make a change, they are completely understandable. They are very evidence based, and that'll that's where I'm going to end. You know, try your your best to come to terms with yourself and your own self awareness and what you want to do and why you're wanting to do it, and be as evidence based as you can, and not as Lisa said, don't you know. Don't let the H and E kind of drive the bus. That's right. And and make a decision weighing your options, weighing the pros and cons, because none of us know that the next step is a better decision. So you have to do everything on the front end 
of what's important to you and does it meet those? Uh, is it is it working towards your ideal outcome? Did you weigh it enough to at least have a good indicator that it will likely be what you want it to be for you? Because ultimately, as we said earlier, you are in control of you and nobody else's. Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com.